Welcome to another episode of Kanika Bits. This is a recording of our webinar series. In this podcast, we chat with Haim Rayclaw, Director of Portfolio Companies of ICANN. Hi, everybody. My name is Sarah Gluck. I am with the America Israel Cannabis Association, and today I am thrilled to have Haim Rayclaw on our speaker series here today, and he's going to be chatting about cannabis research and investment technologies in Israel. Haim is currently the director of portfolio companies for ICANN. Haim, how are you today? Oh, great. Thank you very much. Um, pleased to be taking this call from North America. Uh, my work at ICANN running uh, the incubator, the investment arm in our services division takes me here frequently. So thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So we don't have too much time, so why don't we get right into it? I am. could you walk sure. us through a little bit about ICANN? and their accelerator program. Uh, sure. So um, many people know ICANN through our uh, events platform, Canatech. Um, Canatech does events uh, all over the world in cannabis. Flagship event is in Tel Aviv, but uh, we now do Latin America, most recently in Panama City. We're going to have another event in Cape Town. Uh, as Africa is ascending in the cannabis space. And I'm very pleased to say we're hosting the first cannabis house at the World Economic Forum in Davos uh, in January. Now, all of those events create uh, a network and a perspective in a very foggy, rapidly growing, but nascent market. Uh, and, that is a, and that perspective and that network is valuable. So how do we put it to work? We set ourselves the mandate of accelerating innovation in the cannabis industry uh, because we, we built the, the platform that, that we had with, with Canatech. So if you think of Israel Cannabis as divided into two houses, there is the connection house, Canatech, and then there is the what, what we lovingly refer to as the house of innovation, the, the other side. Um, and that has three components to it. Uh, three mutually reinforcing components. Uh, I can incubate where we identify uh, green spaces in cannabis. In other words, open markets where we identify uh, where innovation ought to head. Um, we identify compelling intellectual property or promising young companies that need to be incubated. So uh, either we acquire IP, in which case we, we own 100% of the company prior to soliciting investment, or we uh, take a minimum of a 20, 25% stake in a nascent company, and in exchange for equity, we put in sweat and the sweat of those in our network. We have, um, in addition to leveraging our office, our research, our marketing, our life sciences people, um, our uh, agronomists, botanists, everything, uh, we also have the capacity to reach out truly globally and bring the right people to bear to help accelerate one of the, com uh, the companies in our incubator. Uh, the second component is service. 
So in exchange for uh, retainer and royalties on capital raised or sales, uh, we provide companies with net, what we refer to as navigation uh, in the cannabis space. Again, leveraging uh, the perspective we have uh, given the network we have and our, our global footprint. So we help companies ranging from uh, technology companies uh, that are ready for investment find that those in, uh, that investment. We help companies um, uh, doing retail products in California find the right channel partnerships. We help uh, people with uh, companies that have uh, acquired licenses in countries uh, that are entering cannabis cultivation, and we can help them find the right uh, expertise uh, so that they design the right kind of cultivation and extraction operation. Uh, that's what we do in, in I Can Serve. And then finally, there's I Can Invest in which uh, we and ICANN's investors put in seed financing into companies that we think are unique and have a future. We're solicited for investment all the time. But of course, we also are the seed financiers of companies coming out of our own incubator. How's that? I think if you go to slide three, you'll see the, a small diagram that, that explains those three divisions in ICANN. Great. So I want to see if you could walk us through the strategy and methodology behind the ICANN incubator. Sure. Um, so on the incubation side, uh, you know, a couple years ago, um, well, let's just say there, there's been um, a tremendous interest in uh, in cannabis technology as the stigma is completely gone uh, from from our perspective uh, obviously legalization in countries I'm sure there were people that people that would argue with that sentence but as far as our incubator is concerned the stigma is gone uh, seasoned respected professors in every realm uh, institutions uh, and of every caliber are producing uh, intellectual property and they're seeking out if that uh, if, if their research is relevant to cannabis because people see it as correctly as a as a massively ascendant market. Uh, so we're we're seeing a ton of applicants to the incubator that are either purpose built from day one technologies for cannabis or people with interesting technologies or pieces of intellectual property that are seeking to apply it to cannabis, uh, hitch their wagon to our star, so to speak. Um, so yeah. we have the job of assessing uh, these, the, we have a job of assessing what should go into the incubator. And we really assess it across a couple of dimensions. Um, one dimension uh, and I'm, I'm starting with this one because I think it's equally as important as the, as the idea itself, and that's the people. Um, even if it's a company that we build from scratch, and I'll be speaking about one of them soon, we still have to work with the professors and the institutions that will be doing uh, the, at least the initial R&D, the people who own the intellectual uh, property that, that we'll be licensing or building with them. So first is assessing the people. We have to be able to work with them. The best ideas in the world will fail 
because ideas have this attribute of being in human beings' heads, and if the human beings don't get along, it's it's not going to go well. Uh, so we actually do assess cultural fit um, uh, initially, and that really comes down to motivation, why people are getting involved in, in this to begin with. Second uh, dimension, or another dimension that we assess is uh, the quality of the idea itself, and that that breaks down further into um, uh, uniqueness, uh, barrier to entry, uh, competitive positioning, and all of that is is set against uh, the cannabis market itself. Is the idea in an area that is that, that's a growing subsector of of cannabis? And we have uh, we've mapped out. Uh, a cannabis market from every dimension, agrotech to biotech. Uh, and we, and, and every six months we do this map and we decide uh, what, what uh, technologies or ideas in what areas are particularly attractive for us, given what we're seeing in, in the space. Um, and that's why our incubator is not really an accelerator in the sense that we have classes every three or six months that go through. Uh, it's different. We choose technologies, and a good idea may come to us anytime. Uh, we choose technologies, and we have a bespoke uh, incubation uh, process to get those companies ready for investment. Um, so I, I think I covered the criteria. Uh, I think I covered at a high level the incubation, um, the incubation methodology, which is ideas are assessed. They go through an incubation committee. If they are granted entry, uh, we do a deal for equity, and then we do a bespoke uh, incubation work plan to get the companies ready uh, for investment or for the market. I hope I answered your question. You definitely did. So one of those companies is I Can See. Um, yes, could indeed. you tell us a little bit about I Can See and um, how you discovered them and the development of I Can See as well? Yes, um, uh, happy to do so. Uh, if you go to slide uh, six, I Can See. Uh, obviously, it's an example of, uh, given the name, obviously. It's an example of a company that, that we built from, from scratch. Uh, so why, when the incubation committee, which is comprised of uh, Saul Kay, the founder and CEO of Israel Cannabis, myself, uh, uh, and a couple of folks from both life sciences and plant sciences, when we sat down and mapped out what the incubator should be focused on, uh, in medical cannabis, um, uh, we we were talking about areas where where cannabis hadn't entered yet but should, effectively where there was not just an empty space, but what I would characterize as a vacuum. And one of those areas was ocular, the ocular application of cannabis. Why? Because it's a, uh, ocular therapeutics just in North America is a $5 billion market, and most people use eye drops, whether it's prescription or over-the-counter from a Walgreens or a CVS, or a gas station for that matter, most people use eye drops for two reasons, inflammation and pain. Well, we happen to know a plant whose uh, chemical characteristics are excellent for addressing both inflammation and the perception of pain. Uh, so to us, finding, um, uh, finding a company to put into our incubator 
to address uh, ocular therapeutics leveraging cannabis was something we identified as a priority. And no company was forthcoming, so we went out and looked for relevant intellectual property uh, in the cannabis space. And what we do every three months, part of our incubators process, is we go and we look at uh, all of the intellectual property that's being generated in the major Israeli institutions, um, including, including Kupat Cholim uh, Klalit, the Technion, Weizmann, Sha'arei Tzedek, Hadassah. And uh, we looked back through that research, which was recently done, and we identified a really interesting nanotechnology out of the Technion, uh, which was promising for permeating uh, mucosal tissue. So to put it simply, uh, there was a technology coming out of the Technion that could nano-encapsulate molecules, including cannabinoid molecules, and penetrate the eye. Your eye is designed to reject things from going into it, not to absorb them. So the delivery of medicine into the eye is a, is a huge challenge. The way it's done now is downright medieval. It's, you know, literally a needle, and one, unfortunately, you can't look away from. So nanotechnology as a way to deliver uh, therapeutic molecules into the eye is a, is a big area of research. One of the most promising uh, technologies is coming out of the Technion, and ICANN secured the use of this nanotechnology for cannabinoids exclusively. Now we have something we, we can begin to build a company around. So we then uh, incorporated ICANN-C, and we uh, did a deal with the Technion's Intellectual Property Office. And we also, uh, I'm very pleased to say, applied for and was granted uh, a NOFAR grant. And that's a, it's a Hebrew acronym, but the Israel Innovation Authority uh, decided that I can see was worthy of a half a uh, half million shekel, about 110,000 U.S. Uh, grant to begin the research with the Technion into nano-encapsulation and delivery of, of cannabinoids. Uh, so if you go to the next slide, if you go to the next slide, uh, you'll see, uh, I think it's slide, well, uh, slide seven. Uh, you, you'll see where we're headed with this. We have... Um, uh, a two-prong approach, the strategic approach for ICANN-C, uh, both to accelerate the generation of value uh, for us, for our investors, um, as well as to segment risk. We have a uh, uh, both a pathway for a prescription medication leveraging the nanotechnology, which is a full five-year FDA pathway, we also are developing an over-the-counter um, cannabinoid eye drop, which can be on the market within 15 to 18 months. Uh, and again, this is leveraging ICANN's network. So we pulled together uh, on our advisory board uh, Ocular Therapeutics companies, company that, that has already marketed uh, over-the-counter eye drops. Uh, we pulled together one of the best it's from amongst the top two uh, testing and formulation laboratories in California. Um, 
and uh, we're putting them together and developing an over-the-counter eye drop that does not penetrate the eye. It's topical. So legally, uh, it's like uh, what you would buy over-the-counter in, in a Walgreens or a CVS, or if anybody on the call is from New York, Dwayne Reed. It's yeah. like one of those eye drops, uh, except we're going to have CBD-derived uh, hemp-derived CBD in one version, and in the wild west of California, Nevada, uh, Oregon, Washington, we're, we're also going to have uh, a THC uh, eye drop. Because why not if we're going through the formulation? So uh, to summarize, uh, we identified uh, a green space, which I would characterize uh, as an inevitability. You can't have a growing market like you have Rockler Therapeutics with the indications of inflammation and pain while you have an ascendant uh, medical cannabis market growing at uh, conservatively 19% a year compound and have them not intersect. This will happen. What I'm saying on the phone to everybody listening, which is not common for somebody who's promoting a new company, is my company is an inevitability. Whether we do it or not, cannabinoid eye drops are coming. We think we are very well positioned and early enough uh, that we, we're positioned well to stake a, a, a substantial claim in this market and really develop it in a way that will help uh, patients and, and uh, continue to de destigmatize the use of cannabinoids. And that strategy is both uh, to create a real value uh, in the company, uh, intellectual property assets for, towards a prescription-level drug, while at the same time uh, doing an over-the-counter uh, drug. It's actually legally treated as, a, uh, as an organic nutraceutical topical um, in the more immediate term. Now, uh, one final point about I Can't See. Uh, I Can't See is currently raising its seed round. Um, our lead investor, I'm happy to say, uh, is the Israeli government itself with the Israel Innovation Authority. Uh, ICANN uh, has put in money via our ICANN Invest vehicle. We also have uh, investors, um, private equity out of uh, New York and uh, Toronto. Um, it's uh, limited in time and scope. Uh, the valuation of the company for the seed is $3 million. And we're going up to five, 500000 and we will not be uh, oversubscribing this uh, because we think that the valuation of the company can triple within 12 to uh, 15 months. Great. So when it, when it comes to research on our IP, I'm sure a lot of research um, and uh, intellectual property um, has gone into I can see and and I can as well. Uh, what surprises people about R and D and IP in Canada? You know, um, I my background. I've been in cannabis for years, but my background uh, is in um, is in biotechnology. Uh, worked, developed, and taken public company in Canada. Uh, worked in Sweden, spent the last eight years in, in Africa, uh, very much uh, traditional medical technologies, um, image-guided surgery, radiology, uh, orthopedic surgery. Um, and 
what what surprises people when they begin to ask me about the companies in our portfolio is actually the founders and the advisors, which is really at the heart of R&D, that people who are not acquainted with the cannabis market, and I take this as a really good sign, by the way, people that are not acquainted with the cannabis market, uh, you know, their eyebrows go up and they're a little surprised when we say that um, Hadassah Hospital is going to do uh, the clinical trials for a cannabis eye drop. That you know, Stanford PhDs are behind developing you know an over-the-counter cannabis eye drop, both a THC version and a hemp-derived CBD version. Uh, in the case of I can't see, but this is across the board. We're developing another company, for example, that's uh, using a bio-adhesive uh, based on uh, CBD and CBG as an antimicrobial antibiotic agent, uh, basically to coat, um, to, to reduce infection by coating orthopedic implants or dental implants. And when they see the orthopedic surgeons that are involved in it, they're surprised. Uh, so on one hand, uh, people are still surprised, which means the stigma lives. On the other hand, mm -hmm. you have the caliber of people and institutions, and of course, I mean, academic and research caliber of people and institutions getting involved in, in cannabis. Um, that's one, one surprise. Uh, another, uh, another surprise, which is, is less good, but I think also means that there's a lot of room to grow, is uh, we're still in the very early stages of this market. And I'm heartened by that. You know, I, I enjoy being in a fast-moving, fast-paced market where, where things can still grow. Uh, and my God, there's a lot of room for, for things to grow. So the other thing that's, that surprised me when I moved in is a lot of the traditional investors in, in biotech uh, specifically aren't here uh, yet. Um, and that's because I think that's primarily driven by, by the murkiness of uh, the legality in the U.S., both in, in the financial markets. Um, so I, I think as the global wave of, uh, of decriminalization and legalization moves, uh, we're going to see bigger and bigger players come in. And I hope to be less surprised that a lot of the people who I would traditionally think would be interested in certain technologies, but they're not touching them, not because the technologies aren't compelling, but because they're, 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 they're cannabis related, but they're dying to. I know that directly. Absolutely. It's a matter of time. Yep. Indeed. So, so when it comes to R and D, why, why is that so important for cannabis companies? Uh, it's, it's a perfect, uh, I, I really appreciate that question. It's a perfect pivot from, from my last point. Uh, it is a matter of time until large companies that are chomping at the bit and for sure are hatching plans get into this space. So we still have not experienced, uh, we've experienced the cannabis market with billion dollar market caps and, and, Canada, you know, everybody's, I'm sure, familiar with Bruce Linton's statement that, that Canada's over. I, I disagree in some ways, but we've experienced this huge boom in the cannabis market. It certainly it drew me in, uh, and it's, it's compelling. But we have not yet experienced a market 
where the truly massive global money comes in. We haven't experienced the market where InBev and GlaxoSmithKline and Philip Morris uh, are beginning to stake their claims uh, in this market. And when that happens, uh, the companies that have done high-quality research and development, and I don't care if it's a uh, if it's a retail a company with a retail product or if it's I can see uh, any company that's done high-quality R&D, any company that has intellectual property has a chance of surviving and thriving in that new world. Uh, when the when the truly big players uh, do come in, so I think either you're going to have a hugely successful and uh, financially uh, uh, viable cultivation, probably a roll up of multiples that will survive this, uh, or you're going to have a killer brand that is just so well established people love it. But I think the 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 rest of the world in cannabis is going to make out. And when the big players come, because they have valuable intellectual property, because they've done good R&D, and those become the acquisition and investment targets of the truly big players that aren't here yet. So how, how could you protect your R&D? How could you protect your intellectual property? Um, you know, th this is a I'll, – I'll be very brief on this. It's the kind of thing that uh, – you know, a lawyer lawyers in this space would be well. They would answer better, but you know, I've been through it enough to say that there's trade secrets. Uh, th there's brands, first of all. Like one way to protect your your value. This isn't particularly intellectual property, but it's it's a it's a value driving asset for a company. Is a great brand, uh, and there are some truly great brands. I mean, marketing folks will be writing books about this stuff a few years from now. Uh, there's some truly great brands in, in cannabis already. They have absolutely nothing that they could patent, but their brands and their followings are excellent. So that's one way, but that is, you know, it's, it's hard to do, and there, there's a bit of magic in it. Uh, there's uh, trade secrets, which we certainly are seeing in cannabis, everything from, from uh, edibles to the contents of the vapes, uh, mostly in the retail space. And then, of course, there is, lawyering up and filing patents and protecting your intellectual property in the traditional manner that it's done. Uh, and there is lots of room in cannabis for that, though I would say it's getting, uh, it, it's getting harder uh, every year. Yeah. So there, there may be some people here that want to make investments in Israeli companies. What should they look for? Uh, I, I love questions like this because as, uh, and I'm, I'm an American. I also am a naturalized Canadian. I've been living there for, for years, and uh, I'm an Israeli as well, and I, I currently reside in Israel. I love this question because it gives me a chance to, to promote Israel a little bit. Um, Israel is a powerhouse of intellectual property development in every domain. Like every company, every industry I've worked in, every facet of medical industry I've worked in before, we always had relationships with Israeli companies because it's inescapable. Um, the country punches so far above its weight 
in in intellectual property development, it's it's really nothing short of remarkable. Just a couple of small stats. Israel put uh, had you know, a year ago or two years ago, but it's always roughly in this realm. They had more patents in medicine than France and Germany combined. Uh, wow. Israel's PhD, you know, PhDs per capita is the highest in the world, you know, some in, in the first one or two. Uh, and because Israel is so small, they're not doing all of this research for a local market of eight some odd million. And, you know, and sadly enough for Israel's security situation, they're not in a great neighborhood where people are, are actively partnering and developing new technologies for the betterment of man. Uh, so they're, everything they're doing is for the external world. I still think it's true that the, that the nation with the, the, of, on NASDAQ, foreign companies listed on NASDAQ behind Canada, it's Israel. They're doing all this for, for the outside markets. Uh, so when you're dealing with Israeli companies, Israeli intellectual property, uh, what we look for again is, is the people. We look for perspective. Um, in other words, do they have the right view of where their own technology fits in the broader world? Um, do they, they have a sense of competition? Uh, and how are they valuing, uh, how are they valuing their own assets for, for investment? Uh, and that's what we do. Like this is people looking to invest in Israeli technology, particularly in cannabis. I, I welcome you to reach out to, to us. Um, this is precisely what we do. Perfect. Um, I actually want to open it up to audience questions. I feel like we we walked through how I, how I can evaluate companies a few times now. Um, so if you have any questions about um, I can see or I can or Israel or America or cannabis in general, please let us know. I do have a few questions coming in. Um, so, hi, I'm, let's say a, a farm um, in South Africa wanted to get involved with ICANN. How would they go about doing that? Um, and we just, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling, <laughs> though you can't see it. We just invested in, uh, in Southern Sun in a company that is rolling up um, cultivation, extraction, and exportation licenses in South Africa, Lesotho, I forget where the third country was. Uh, so we are uh, very much interested in Africa. It's near and dear to my heart because I spent the last eight years there. Uh, and we see Africa as driving the commoditization of the flower. Uh, Latin America is getting a lot of attention, as well it should. Uh, we had a very successful Canatech event in Panama City, uh, but we're going to be in November in Cape Town. Uh, the Canatech will have a large event in Cape Town. Uh, and it's because we see that Africa is headed uh, in that direction. People that deride Africa as not being appropriate because of quality they're probably saying that while they're sipping their Starbucks, drinking from coffee beans that passed the FDA, eating chocolate from cocoa beans that came from Ghana, or drinking tea that came from Kenya. Africa is more than capable of producing a quality product at a much lower price 
than uh, than almost anywhere, certainly anywhere in North America. So we have a deep interest in in, in Africa. Uh, we can help that farm in many different ways. If they're interested, if they're a farm doing something else and they're converting to cannabis, they will have a lot of questions about cultivation technologies, extraction. We can link them up with off-takers or people to, to take flour and, uh, and extract it. We can hook them up with the right sort of uh, legal representation to make sure that they acquire the right licenses, that they meet the right quality assurances that are required. So they would be an ideal client for I Can Serve. If they have a bigger or, or more interesting idea, uh, be happy to talk to them as a potential entrant into the incubator. And uh, they can get in touch with me through the contact information I think you're going to show. And uh, our website Great. is Great, yeah, we have, we have a slide of all that. Great. Great, yeah, absolutely. Everyone, we have a slide with all the contact information. So. If you ever want to get in touch with Chaim, just stay tuned to the very end, and uh, you'll see that slide. Uh, now, Chaim, it's, it's kind of hard to sometimes keep track with all of ICANN's investments. Uh, you're in Africa and hmm. Europe and Israel and everywhere. Uh, one of our audience members wanted to know, is ICANN already involved with any Brazilian companies? Um. No, not uh, we, we have not invested. So again, because we uh, participation could mean a few different things, I'll walk through mm -hmm. them all. Uh, we have not had a Canatech event in Brazil. Um, we did have a, a healthy Brazilian representation at our at our conference in Panama City. Uh, we have not invested in any companies uh, that are domiciled in Brazil. Um, and we do not currently have any serve clients in Brazil. Uh, that is just the way the, the cards fell. It is not by choice. I'm, uh, I'm very interested uh, in where Brazil is headed uh, because it's the giant of South America. So I'd be happy to speak to anybody with, uh, with interesting ideas in Brazil. Yeah, could you could you uh, speak a little more about what other places you're you're very excited about? Obviously, South Africa. Um, where do you see China coming into play with ICANN? We are involved in China. I'm not at liberty uh, at this point. I'm not at liberty to to talk too much about our direct involvements uh, with Chinese firms. Suffice it right. to say uh, that the the uh, Communist Party does not look kindly on cannabis. Uh, they are accepting of, you know, really it's a, it's just linguistics and has to do with THC content, but they're okay with hemp. Um, however, uh, the CBD content, even in the hemp, is by law kept quite low. So the hemp that China is producing is for industrial purposes not really great for CBD extraction because even uh, because of low CBD content. There is currently a lobbying effort uh, underway to to loosen that part of the law up in in several Chinese provinces to enable uh, higher CBD hemp to be produced for extraction. So not just for the industrial uses of the plant that have been known about for millennia but for extraction of CBD for 
uh, for nutraceutical and medicinal use. Um, I think I, I uh, you know, while I know many parts of the world, I do not know uh, China as well. So I am uh, repeating what our, our clients and partners have been saying, uh, but they believe that while THC is a long, long way off, cannabis itself is a long way off for deregulation in China, that um, uh, CBD may not be, in which case um, uh, all bets are off in terms of uh, low-cost production uh, once the, the Chinese come into the CBD market in, in full swing. I hope that answered your, your question. Absolutely. I'm just sorting through these questions. Oh, here's, here's a fun one. Uh, what do you okay. think of Aurora Cannabis as an investment? Um, this isn't really necessarily an investment webinar, um, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it'd be interesting to think if you think uh, the cannabis sector of the market is, is generally under or overvalued. Uh, well, I, I'm going to do something disappointing to, to the audience, I fear, but I am not a politician, but I'm going to pretend to be one right now. Uh, we, we love Canada. We think that what's happened in Canada not only is, is remarkable, uh, but there's so many lessons that, that can be learned from it, both positive and negative, from government behavior to uh to the the physics of the public markets uh but given our clients and our investors i'm going to decline to give an opinion on, on any specific publicly traded uh canadian Fair enough. forgive me <laughs> you're forgiven no problem i thought that might be a fun one so uh, a few people have been asking how to get in contact with ican I'm putting up uh, Chaim's info and also Joshua Berman's info. Um, yeah, Joshua. Uh, can I say a word about uh, about that? Please. Okay, so uh, the reason I I requested and thank you, Sarah, for for doing it, I put up two different uh, contacts. Is if you going back to the beginning of this webinar, I described ICANN as a house divided into two parts. Josh runs one, and I run the other. Uh, Joshua runs Canatech, which also includes the ICANN Connect uh, platform, which is new. We're launching it this year. So Canatech are these large events where decision makers come. Again, we're doing the Davos. Uh, we're, we're doing the World Economic Forum. We had prime ministers in attendance, ministers of health, uh, C-suite people from uh, companies from all over the world, and it's a three-day event that's fantastic. I urge everybody, if they're able, to attend a Canatech event. Um, but we're also launching ICANN Connect, which are one-day events uh, for a curated list of investment opportunities and, a, uh, and, and investors uh, to come and join to hear about them. They're one-day events. They're called I Can Connect. Our first one is going to be in New York City on September 12th. Um, so uh, please do get in touch with Joshua for sponsorship at Canatech if you are a cannabis company looking for international exposure uh, to decision makers. There's probably no better vehicle. If you're interested in attending Canatech, if you're interested in applying to be part of ICANN Connect if you're raising money, or if you're interested in attending ICANN Connect events, 
uh, please contact Joshua. Uh, if you are, uh, if you have compelling intellectual property, if you have a nascent company that really needs to be developed into a company a concept that's mature enough to attract investment. Uh, in other words, if you're interested in incubation, please come to me. If you're already an extant company that uh, is looking for navigation help in the cannabis sector, as I described earlier, please contact me. And of course, uh, though ICANN itself is not raising money at the moment, uh, we're looking forward to do so um, in probably in Q1 of next year. So if you're interested in investing in ICANN or if you're interested in investing in any of our portfolio companies, uh, I, would, uh, I would really welcome uh, those discussions. Again, ICANN-C is raising its seed round right now. Uh, we also have a um, commodities trading platform that's going to be raising money soon. We have a... Um, a uh, uh, um, a, a bioreactor, in other words, growing of organic cannabinoids effectively on algae, uh, a new kind of cultivation platform that's going to be raising money. There's a lot going on. So if you are an investor with money seeking a home in the cannabis space, please contact me as well. Wonderful. Do you mind if I ask one last question before we sign off? Absolutely, of course, please. Okay. Uh, do you have any exciting examples of how innovation in cannabis and hemp technology has crossed over into ag tech? Uh, we often hear agricultural ah. technology bringing brought into cannabis. I wonder if you know anything of the other way around. Hmm. Uh, I think I can speak of one. This is uh, there's a, a small company uh, that's that was from day one designed for cannabis. They did all of their uh, research and development in cannabis. They partnered with one of the largest Israeli uh, producers of cannabis. And what they had was really interesting. And they're now being tapped. I, I helped them. Uh, I, I helped them with some strategic development, and they're now in discussions with a major American uh, agricultural company that is interested in their tech, not just for cannabis, or they're assessing it not just for cannabis. And what they have uh, is a combination of robotics, optics, and image processing. So um, if you have uh, sensitive uh, plants, certainly if you have plants that need to be cultivated in a way that meets the quality standards of, of a medicinal plant, uh, pests are a serious problem. And there's, of course, cameras inside of a greenhouse uh, or inside of a full indoor cultivation, uh, but those cameras tend to be above. And bugs, I don't know if they evolved this way to avoid modern digital surveillance or they evolved this way for other reasons, but bugs tend, particularly the nasty ones that can really cause a crop problem, uh, tend to cling to the plants underneath the leaves and are not visible. Uh, so human inspection is difficult. We're talking about very small mites and, and things that, that are you need a magnifying glass. They developed a robot on wheels, um, electric, self-propelled, low footprint, no environmental 
implications, either, you know, no exhaust, no major heat production, to change the environments inside of a, of a, of a greenhouse. And it drives up and down and does a visual analysis uh, from underneath and from the side of the plants. Um, it does uh, all uh, it, uh, electrospectral analysis, uh, optical analysis. They wind up uh, identifying um, pest problems uh, in ways that the human eye just couldn't and in the ways where traditional surveillance inside of uh, cultivation facilities can't. And again, it was designed initially, their target was, was cannabis. A true Israeli bootstrap startup that was designed this for, for cannabis and is now uh, made branch out. There you go. So the cannabis industry is affecting other industries now, which is amazing. Um, so I wanted to thank everyone for attending. Uh, this is recorded, so if you missed anything, um, we will be sending that out very shortly. And if you have any questions about uh, the America-Israel Cannabis Association, once again, my name is Sarah. You could email me at Sarah, S-A-R-A, at AICannabis.com or visit our website, www.AICannabis.com. Uh, also, thank you again to Hayam at uh, ICANN and ICANC for all the information. Um, please do reach out and contact him or, or Joshua Berman with any questions you have regarding ICANN or Canatech or any sort of investment opportunities. Uh, I want to say thank, thank you, you, Sarah. Yeah. I, I want to say thank you, and uh, I also want to thank the organization. It's uh, it's 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 a it's a worthy organization. I'm glad I could be uh, a part of it. Uh, thank you for the time. We're we're happy to have you, and our next webinar will be next month, and we will be presenting with video next time. So we're very excited about that. All right, everyone, take care and have a wonderful day.